Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. All right. All right. All right. I said on the last podcast, I said on the last I am Rappaport Stereo podcast that was actually a really, really good podcast. And the reason why I know it was a really good podcast because my mother said so. And she listens to all of them. And she doesn't like all of them. But she said the last podcast was really good. I said on the last I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast that this was going to be a fantastic sports weekend. And lo and behold, it had exceeded all fucking expectations. It exceeded expectations. It exceeded imaginations. What a fucking wacky weekend in the world of sports. First of all, we all know that I am not 
a baseball fan. I could give a fuck about baseball. I don't know who is in the playoffs besides the Red Sox and the Yankees. Now, I am well aware that the Yankees beat the Oakland A's in a wild card game. I, I know that. I know I know that little. I don't say that much because it's very little. Um, and I do know that the Boston Red Sox won the first game of the Yankees-Red Sox series in Boston. And uh, I do know that on the same night of UFC 229, which we're going to go deep diving into, the Yankees beat the shit out of the Red Sox up in Boston. Now, again, I'm not a baseball guy. I couldn't name three players on the Yankees right now, okay? But the joy, the joy that I get when the New York Yankees beat the Boston Red Sox is one of my top three joys in all of sports. The two other things are, of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James' descent, their failures, followed by me beating Gary Delabonte, a.k.a. Fafafui, a.k.a. Mama Monkey in fantasy football. In no particular order. The Yankees beating the Red Sox, LeBron James' failures on the court, and me beating Gorilla Breath. Those are my three favorite things in sports. Okay? It means that much for me when the Yankees beat the shit out of the Red Sox. And doing it in Boston, I don't care if it's just one game. I know it's a long series. But the joy and the titillation. Now, I don't know if that word is spelled T-I-N-T or it's literally spelled T-I-T. I'll say T-I-T. The joy and titillation that I get when the Yankees beat the Red Sox is just... Oh, also, well, it doesn't count as much anymore. Tom Brady losing to the Giants. The New England Patriots losing to the Giants. I have to put in there as my fourth favorite thing. Anytime the Patriots lose to the Giants, it's it's pretty special. But we've done it on the highest stage at the highest times in two Super Bowls that I don't really know that a regular season win will live up to that. But let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. Let's stay focused that I said this was going to be a fucking crazy weekend. Of course, there's so much NFL, but UFC 229, I have to say UFC 229 took so much energy and panage out of me. It knocked the fucking socks out of me. I was exhausted. I was enthralled. It was riveting. It was magical. The shit, I had to drink. I never do this. I'm not a big drinker. I had to drink a cup of red wine, a glass of red wine after about two hours of post-fight texting, tweeting, highlights, press conferences with Dana White, press conferences with Khabib. I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, I'm not going to be able to wake up for fantasy football on Sunday. I was that fucking amped up if you didn't see ufc 229 i am sorry for you because it was fucking insane first off Derek lewis friend of the i am rapaport stereo podcast Derek the black beast lewis fought a guy whose actual nickname is drago 
the Black Beast fought the fake Drago. And our guy, Derek Lewis, the Black fucking Beast, was losing. He was losing the fight. He lost all three rounds. The other guy was tall. He was long. He was keeping him away with kicks and some punches. It looked at one point like Derek Lewis, our guy, friend of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. At one point, he got thumbed in the eye. At one point, they were saying maybe he got his orable, 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 is it orable, orable? I don't know what the fuck it is. The cheekbone, the eye bone, orable. I'll just say orable. We don't fact check at the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. The commentators, Joe Rogan and his and his sidekick, said that they, they possibly he had gotten his cheekbone broken, orbital, 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 whatever the fuck. Keep that in there, Miles. I don't give a shit. He was losing, but his power is so noticeable. And we were going into the third round. The only chance Beast had was to knock this motherfucker out. Three minutes, nothing. Two minutes, nothing. The last minute, they said, okay, this is the only chance he has. He has to fight in the last minute. Nothing in the first 25 seconds of the last round. The last 30 seconds of the last round. 20 seconds. Finally, he throws a fucking smashing right hand. Knocks the dog snot out of fake-ass Drago. Gets on him. Pummels him. The motherfucker was knocked out cold. We're talking about with like seven, eight, maybe nine seconds left of the last round. It was crazy dramatic. It was literally like some movie shit. It was it was literally like some Rocky Four shit. Except for the, the clock was ticking down. Our guy, the Black Beast, came out of nowhere with a fucking... Yo... Mama said, knock you out, right hand. Knock the shit out of fake Drago. Won the fight. Had the interview of the night. Literally took off his trunks after the fight. Told Joe Rogan, who asked him, why did you take off your trunks? And he said, and I quote, it's one of the quotes of the sports here. My balls were hot. It's a quote. Our guy, Derek Lewis, said to Joe Rogan, my balls were hot. I mean, it was so dramatic and so just like, it was just like such a great sort of out of nowhere, last second, last ditch effort knockout. So that had everybody reeling and dealing, going totally fucking crazy in the arena. And then the next fight came up. This guy, Dominic Reyes, beat some dude named Offense, whatever. It was a crazy fight, but it was like, who gives a shit? I just saw the Black Beast do some crazy dramatic shit. Then the third fight of the night, Tony Ferguson and Anthony Peters, they were like, that was like some street backyard, like street shit. They were banging. Uh, and everybody was waiting for fucking Connor and Khabib. The talk, the hype, the Connor factor, the shit talking and all of it. And I, I have so much to say about this. I have so much to say about it. The first thing is uh, that twice last week, twice, two times, uh, once on the premium podcast, uh, I said, uh, Miles, play this clip after I finish this little soliloquy. I said that my prediction, Mr. Mike Rap, you don't know anything about fighting. Mr. Mike Rap, you don't know anything about UFC. I said twice, Wednesday on the premium episode with the shooter, 
And Friday with the solo episode, which my mom already said was a really good episode. I said my prediction was that Connor was going to get the best of him in the first three rounds and Khabib would choke him out. Miles, play my prediction. I really think Khabib is going to win. I think Conor McGregor is going to be kicking uh, a Khabib's ass in the first three rounds. That's my prediction. And then Khabib will get those fucking dick beaters on him and choke him out. That's my prediction. Uh, Khabib gets those dick beaters on him in the fourth round and chokes him out. It's going to be a great night, though. Okay. I said that. I said that. That was my fucking prediction. Okay, now it's just a prediction. It means nothing because if it didn't happen, I, I walk away unscathed. But it did fucking happen. Ha! You fuck you. It did happen. The most surprising thing about the first round of the fight was that Khabib got him down ASA fucking P. Tackled that motherfucker, had him in leg locks and all that shit. Uh, it was kind of uneventful, but he was definitely controlling the first round. Had him twisted up real nice, real proper. Of course, before the fight, Drake was on the side of the ring. Drake was at the press conference. Drake was at the weigh-in. Drake was all over the goddamn Instagram holding Irish flags. You're from Canada. You're supposed to be the sixth guy, Duke. Fuck you doing wrapped up in an Irish flag. Why are you wrapped up in an Irish flag? You're from Canada. You're not Irish. Drake is the richest sports groupie in the world. Listen, we all get excited to meet athletes, but hold your fucking head. Take a picture with the guy. You know, exchange phone numbers. Don't wrap yourself up in an Irish flag. Haven't you been through enough? Didn't push your tea, put you through the blender enough? Now, listen, I, I, I don't need to go into a round by round, blow by blow recap of this fight. But if you haven't seen the fight, trust me, trust me, Khabib beat his ass the entire fight. The entire fight he was in control. And the most surprising thing to me and the quote-unquote experts, none of who which predicted fourth round chokeout, like I said. I didn't say fourth round knockout. I didn't say fourth round win. I did, in fact, say fourth round a, ch a, ch a chokeout. I said he would get those fucking dick beaters on him and choke him out. Dick beaters include forearms, of course. You can't choke the guy. It's not like a fucking horror movie. Um... The craziest point of the fight and when I knew Khabib was in complete control is when he caught Connor, who if you don't know about UFC and you don't know MMA, I am not an expert. I do watch it. I'm a good fan. I'm not like a avid, you know, watch every single fight, watch the pay-per-views, watch the free fights. I, I watch it. I'm a fan. I talk about it. I talk shit about it. But the craziest, uh, most impressive thing about the fight uh, during the fight, because afterwards it took on a whole level of craziness, was that Conor McGregor wasn't able to strike him. He's a kicker. He could punch. He's got long arms. He's known as a knockout dude who'll kick you in the fucking face. He's got one of the best left hands in all of UFC. Khabib, after taking him down a few times and controlling him completely, caught him with a straight right Hand Now, the straight right hand, if you are a right-handed fighter, you know, you stand, your left hand is your jab punch. He caught Connor with a right hand, which is 
the hardest punch to throw because it takes the longest time to get there. He caught Connor flesh on the fucking cheek, knocked his ass down. The fight was over. Not literally, but figuratively. It was over. When Conor McGregor gets punched in the face by a guy who's not known as a puncher with a lead right hand, lead right hand. Because normally you throw a jab and then you follow up with your power punch, boom, your right hand. You know, it's jab, jab, right hand. In basic terms, he caught him with just, there was no jab. He came across the body, boom, it was over. Conor knew it was over. It was just a matter of fucking time. Conor McGregor's a badass. He fought hard. He didn't quit. He kept trying, but he got him again on the ground in the fourth round, just as I predicted. Was doing some bear wrestling tactics and choked that motherfucker out. And that's when all hell ensued. Spit on him. Listen, Khabib shouldn't have done what he done, okay? But first of all, these guys are fighters. You know, we're like, yo, they're savages, they're beasts. We could sit back and, and, and say that and we can enjoy their beast mode and we can enjoy their savagery, but it's real for them. So when Conor McGregor for the last months has been saying all kinds of wild shit to Khabib, the whole bus incident in Brooklyn, which we're going to get into, when all the disrespect, getting in his face, slapping his hand, all the stuff about his father, all the stuff about Russia, all that stuff, some dudes... They don't, they don't turn the button off. So after he choked him out, he spit on him. Okay? And Khabib said, after the fight, I'm not shaking his hand. I don't give a fuck. I don't like him. And he showed that. It wasn't no sportsmanship. He spit on him. Then there's been a long-standing beef between Khabib's dudes and Connor's dudes, none of which I know the details about or care of. But then Khabib climbed over the fucking ring right out of the fucking cage like some sort of spider monkey on Instagram, went into the crowd, all hell ensued. I don't support it. It's dangerous. You could be at the fight with your wife. You could be at the fight with your kids. Any fucking thing could happen. You could slip. You could slip on a beer. He could fall on you. Any Anything. Riots could break out. I don't support it. It's crazy. It's not cool. It's not dope. Ron Artest, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, friend in real life, a.k.a. Metal World Peace, started trending on social media platforms because everybody started bringing up the malice at the palace, the malice at the palace. I know Ron Artest was probably sleeping at home going, what the fuck? Why is my phone blowing up? Keep my name out your mouth. I changed my name and all that shit. I'm friends of the panda now. Leave me the fuck alone. But everybody started bringing up the malice of the palace. And Ron Artest. And like I said, I don't support uh, any of that stuff. I, I don't think it's dope. I don't think it's exciting. I don't think it's cool when fans get into fights. I don't think, I don't think it's cool when people jump people. I saw the, the Yankee fans throwing beer at the Oakland A fan at Yankee Stadium the other day in the wild. I don't believe and support any of that shit. I talk my shit. It's fun. I do it on the podcast. I do it on social media. But I would never disrespect anybody at a sporting event. It's got to be fun. 
The shit talking, the loving, the hating of your teams has got to be fun. When it goes into other things, I'm not down with it. I don't think that shit is dope. I don't think it's dope what they do at Oakland Raiders games, beating each other up, beating other fans up. Shit's whack. People get hurt. People are there with their kids. At the end of the day, it's like going to the movies or a play. You ain't really fighting. You ain't playing football. As much as I like to talk my shit, I never disrespect anybody else in an environment, their kids, their family, or a player. Or a player. I would never do that shit. I don't support it. But that being said, this is the energy that Conor McGregor brings. Everybody was saying, this is a stain. This is a black eye on the UFC. Conor McGregor showed up to a press conference of a fight in Brooklyn at Barclays that he wasn't even on the card for. Let's not forget that was months ago in Brooklyn. He was out there throwing shit, throwing garbage cans, throwing dollies at buses. Three fighters got injured. One of them was Khabib's opponent. One of the guys that got injured then in the whole Brooklyn thing was a guy that Khabib was supposed to fight. I believe another fighter is still suing Conor McGregor. He went crazy. Yes, he got arrested. Yes, charges were pressed. I don't remember what the, the outcome of it was, but I'll tell you one thing. Conor McGregor's fans loved it. When he got out of the jail, when he showed up in court, they're cheering him, they're cheering. They love it. They love They love, they love. He's a fucking folk hero to his fans. That wasn't considered a black eye on the sport to Conor McGregor's fans. They thought that was cool. He's so crazy. He's so real. He was ready to kick ass outside of the ring. None of his fans had a problem with it. But when Khabib jumps out of the ring, he's an animal, arrest him, all that stuff. And he is an animal, and he should get in trouble. And the people that jumped in the ring that tried to punch Conor McGregor during the the end of the fight, they should get arrested too. I don't support any of it. But Conor McGregor's fans act like this guy is some fucking John Wayne folk hero. He's not. In my opinion, he must have been on some uh, enhancing drugs when that whole thing happened in Brooklyn. He had to be on some, uh, let's just say, performance-enhancing drugs. That's just my opinion. Otherwise, why would a guy who's worth over $100 million act so fucking crazy throwing dolly? He threw a dolly at a bus with glass windows. You know what kind of injuries could have happened? Injuries already happened. Do you know what kind of potential injuries really could have happened? So let's not make this guy out to be a fucking victim. He talks all that shit. I'm all for good shit talking. It's fighting. It's sports. You should be able to do that. But some dudes, yo... They're really about that life. Khabib was really about that life. So when he spider monkeyed out the motherfucking cage, he was showing I'm really about that motherfucking life. But it was an incredible fucking night. Dana White showed up about an hour after the fight to the press conference. I have to say, Dana White, you have to come on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. You, my friend, are a patient guy. He sat there for 45 minutes. He didn't even know that Derek Lewis a.k.a. the Black Beast, took off his trunks. That was the last thing he was thinking of. They're asking him about that. He's like, did that happen? I don't know what the fuck is going on. I guess charges were not pressed against Khabib's camp. 
They try to make Conor McGregor like he's a great guy. He's like, oh, well, Conor didn't want to press charges. Fuck Conor McGregor. Listen, I respect him. He's a great fighter. A lot of what I do is shit talking, but fuck Conor McGregor. You want to talk crazy? You want to take things to that level? If you're so nice, if you're so good with your motherfucking dick beaters and your one-two karate kicks, why are you saying all that crazy shit? You were talking all that shit. You caught a fucking heart on. Your dick got hard at the press conference with Floyd Mayweather. Remember that? I was right there. You sick fuck you. It's a press conference. You're in your underwear. Why are you getting wood? Why are you boned up at a press conference? If you're so nice with your dick beaters, if your fight game is so insane, why are you catching a boner at the Floyd Mayweather conference? And why haven't they taught you how to protect yourself versus the lead right hand? It's the same punch that Floyd Mayweather knocked your ass out with. Look up lead right hand. Look up Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman with the lead right hand. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Listen, only, only a genius could play a fool. Do not be tricked, okay, by my shtick. Only a genius, only, I'm quoting myself here, only a genius could play a fool. That's a quote that I invented. Look it up, only a genius could play a fool. And now I'm quoting myself on my own original quote. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. All right, that's enough about UFC 229 for now. I might come back to it. I might not. I might come back to it. I might not. Who knows? But also, the same night, we're just at Saturday, the same fucking night that the Yankees beat the Red Sox in game two of whatever series it is. I don't even know what series it is. Conference? Who cares? I don't know. I don't claim to know. I know they won. <laughs> and fucking Aaron Judge, I fucking like you. I like that motherfucker. He walked past the Red Sox locker room with a speaker playing New York, New York by the great Frank Sinatra. I like that. I fucking like that. The judge is here, you fuck. I got to get Nick Turturro. Nick Turturro is the craziest New York Yankee fan. He, New York Yankee fan. He has to come on and be the baseball analyst throughout the playoffs, okay? So we're going to get Nick Turturro to come in and talk some uh, Yankees and some baseball to the baseball fans. Um, but the same night that... I, I haven't even got through all the sports yet. Wait till I get through Saturday Night Live. What a shit show that show's become. But the same night uh, of the fight and, and the Yankee game that they won, in preseason basketball, I am telling you right now that the NBA is going to have its biggest season across the board ever. Mark my words. Yeah, this I'll be right on for sure. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers got into a little skirmish with the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart got into it with Baines, the big white uh, center goon. Well, I think he, I believe he still has a man bun. I know, I, I know at one point he had a man bun. You know, he's just one of those fucking big seven-foot, you know, get in your way, start trouble, you know. I think he probably went to Gonzaga. He's a fucking, just an irritant. He's an irritant. I like those kinds of players. I like irritants. They don't have that much skill, but they're there to irritate your fucking ass. Uh, of course, this is a rivalry uh, because of the Celtics and J.R. Smith, and when J.R. Smith elbowed the player, I can't remember who he elbowed a couple of years ago, and the Celtics lost to the Cavaliers in Game 7. 
uh, last year. And then Tristan Thompson was saying uh, all that bullshit that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. How we're still the Eastern Conference champions. Trist- <laughs> Tristan, stop. But during this game, uh, J.R. Smith and Marcus Mark got into a little pushing, shoving match. And then after the game... Uh, they asked J.R. Smith about it, and he, of course, was saying that Marcus Smart is soft and that he flops all the time. And all that might be true, not might be true. Marcus Smart is another irritant. He's not just an irritant, but he's a tough player. He flops. He gets fouls. He gets you out of your game and all that. I love that fucking style of play uh, of Marcus Smart. He's a tough player. And I realize that the Cleveland Cavaliers are so fucked. They, they are so fucked that their spokesperson... That the person who will be speaking on the player's behalf, the person who will have the mics and cameras in their face all throughout this season is J.R. fucking Smith. Think about that, Ty Lu. Think if you want a guy who doesn't even know the score of an NBA Finals game. Think about that. Think about if you want a guy speaking on behalf of your team that doesn't even know the amount of timeouts his team has during game one of the finals. That's how fucked up the Cavaliers are right now. Kevin Love is not that dude. He's a soft-spoken dude. He's not a quote machine. He's going to give it to you straight, give it to you clean. Last year, of course, they would go to LeBron for everything. No one gave a fuck about J.R. Smith. But now, shit is so fucked up in Cleveland that J.R. Smith is the spokesperson for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a guy who just a week ago got a tattoo, not a small one, got a tattoo about a foot long on the back of his leg for the brand Supreme that does not sponsor him. That's the spokesperson for the Cleveland fucking Cavaliers. Good fucking luck. Good luck with that, Ty fucking Lou. I'd put a fuck... You know what I would do? I would say, listen, I'll pay your fines if you don't speak to the press. How about that? If you don't speak to the press, the Cleveland Cavaliers should be like, do the fucking Supreme thing. Don't cover it up. We'll pay the fines. Just don't say anything. Also on Saturday night. Saturday night was the night. Saturday night, like Saturday night fever, Saturday night live. Saturday, 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 you know, the Elton John song, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday was like lived up to the expectations. Usually, you know, it's like, yeah, it's Saturday. It's great. You don't work. But this was before Saturday night live. It came to my attention that Kanye West has deleted his social media accounts. And I say, good, you fuck you. Good, good, get some fucking help. Stay off of goddamn social media. Congratulations. And I will admit, I will admit that it's not as fun since he's left because he talks way out of pocket all the time and just haranguing him and all the bullshit that comes with Kanye West being on Twitter and Instagram is fun. But you're better off without it, you fuck you. But then uh, Saturday Night Live, which I watched the... uh, the recording of to help me fall asleep uh, this actress who I have no idea who she is she was in Crazy Rich Asians which apparently is a great movie huge success this New York chick came out of nowhere on YouTube Aquafina hosted it Weezy what are you doing 
Uh, and and uh, she was fine. But the fucking musical guest, two weeks in a row, they've hired two rappers or they've invited. I don't know if they get paid. They've had two rappers come on their show. Last week was Kanye West. We don't need to talk about that anymore. He shat the bed. He did not rap. He made a fucking asshole out of himself and he dragged 18-year-old little pump into it. This week, they have fucking Travis Scott, who I know nothing about. I know he's a big artist. I couldn't name. I literally couldn't name one of his fucking songs. Literally. And I'm not being like, oh, I'm too above it. I just don't, I don't fuck with his music. I've tried. He's not for me. But I do know that his music is in the hip-hop charts. And I do know that if your music is in the hip-hop charts and if you are considered a rapper, when you get on Saturday Night Live to perform, I expect to hear some rapping. I did not get any fucking rapping in his first performance of the night. Of course I didn't watch the second performance. What I got was a motherfucker singing the entire song with auto-tunes. Now, if you can't sing, if you need auto-tunes to make you sound a certain type of way, why don't you just hire a fucking singer? Huh? Just like if you can't play piano, which I'm sure you can't. Just like if you can't play guitar, which I'm sure Travis Scott can't. And just like I'm sure Travis Scott can't play the drums, you hire a drummer, you hire a pianist, and you hire a guitar player. Why don't you hire a singer? Jay-Z screamed out loud a few years ago, DOA, the song Death of Auto-Tunes. Does he need to come out with DOA Part 2? If you can't sing... Don't auto-tune it. Hire a fucking singer. Stay in your fucking lane, to quote the great LeVar Ball. I don't get it. And Saturday Night Live keeps getting duped. Yo, Lauren Michaels, you're out of touch. The booker, the person who invites the uh, uh, guest hosts and the singers to come on is out of fucking touch. Do you not uh, pre-screen what they're going to do up there? You get Kanye West to come. He's, he's dressed up in a, in a water bottle costume. Now, if you saw that earlier in the week, you, you, you have the right to say, you know what, asshole. Either do a song uh, and a performance that's, uh, 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 how do you say, uh, pleasing to the palate, or we'll get some fucking body else. This guy, uh, Travis Scott, is up there singing auto-tunes, not rapping, And everybody was like, oh, it was so cool that John Mayer was there playing the guitar. Who gives a shit? The the, the most interesting thing about John Mayer is that he's uh, he's fucked a few broads and and that women consider him sexy. Now, I know Dean Moody, brother of uh, G. Moody, who's a guitar expert. If you need a guitar, Dean Moody is the guy to buy it from. He knows everything about guitars. He's a very, very good bass player. He came into uh, uh, Dean Moody's guitar shop, Rudy's, in New York City in Spring Street. He told me, Dean said, yo, that motherfucker's sick with the guitar. Great. I don't see him uh, playing the fucking guitar. Okay, how many, he's made one song, girls like him, he's banged a few broads, and that's it. Who the fuck is John Mayer? Who cares that he's playing guitar for Travis Scott? You're a rapper? Fucking rap. That's it. And if you're Lauren Michaels and whoever books the guests, I would have these fucking guys show you 
what they're going to do before they get on Saturday night live. Uh, live, because it's live TV. And these guys are out there duping you motherfuckers with these whack-ass performances. They're like, oh, it was sick. John Mayer performed. I can give a fuck. Performance was whack. You're a rapper who's not rapping. You're a non-singer who is singing. Nope. Not okay. Saturday Night Live is whack. Make Saturday Night Live great again. Ironically, about the first two weeks of Saturday Night Live, both of the subpar musical performances were done by two guys that have babies with Kardashians. Hey, hey. We know what it is. It's the curse of the fucking Kardashians. Shout out to my man Lamar Odom, who is a making a basketball comeback in China. Continue doing your thing. I am Rappaport Podcast. So Sunday finally came. Football. Fantasy football. You know the routine. Um, I woke up, took my dog Wheezy on a nice long walk. I had to walk off Saturday night, and then then the fights, and the UFC, I had to walk it off. Went for a nice walk, did some stretching. I didn't do my yoga, but I did some stretching. Nice nice stretching in the streets, in the grass, near my home. Went and got myself a nice coffee. Uh, Came back, wanted to settle in for a nice day of NFL football slash fantasy football. I'm playing John Hine, the guy who's famous for hit him with the Hine, that fucking guy. Playing him in the Stern Show. And I'm playing a a friend of mine in my money league who has uh, inch thick uh, uh, glasses. This fucking guy can't see two feet in front of him. Literally got Coke bottle glasses. I could call him Cockeyed Mike. I don't know if he's listening to the podcast, but I say it right to his face. I'm not even talking behind him. I say, "Uh, what's up, Cockeyed Mike? Fucking guy's got like, a, I don't know, he might even have two eyes. He might like have like a glass eye and the other guy just, the other eye just doesn't work right. So I had to settle in for that. And I'm watching all the pregame, sipping on my coffee. I'm off my fucking diet. Thank goodness I'm done with that bullshit. It's not bullshit because I know it works, but damn, that's fucking hard. Day five was, was tough. Got through it. My body, my health, long term will be better for it, but... Started drinking my lattes again. I sit down to watch the the, the pregame, uh, pre-NFL uh, shows, and uh, Josina, I believe it's Anderson, on ESPN, uh, has an interview with Odell Beckham. That goes, coming right up. Odell Beckham sits down with Josina Anderson. So uh, the interview comes, and Odell Beckham is sitting there uh, with Josina Anderson, and fucking little Wayne is there too. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I, I literally backed it up because I said, are they going to sit down with uh, Odell Beckham and, and, and Wheezy? Not my dog, with Wheezy, Lil Wayne. They didn't mention Lil Wayne. He's just at the fucking interview with him, literally, sitting there with Odell Beckham. So for pre-Sunday, pre-football interview with Odell Beckham, the $95 million man of the New York Giants, we don't just get to talk to you. We got to have... Little Wayne there. Okay. I like Little Wayne. Uh, I like the song Uproar, uh, which by the way, 
by the fucking way, shout out to my guy, Toby Morse, for bringing this to my attention. The beat on Uproar is not an original beat. It is not an original beat. Uh, it was originally used by G motherfucking Depp. Remember him from the bad boy days? Remember G Depp? I'm not sure who produced it, but on the remix for Special Delivery, one of the best songs by G Depp, which Ghostface was on, I believe Craig Mack was on. It's a dope-ass video. Same-ass beat as the new hit song by Lil Wayne. Uh, Miles, please pay uh, Uproar by Lil Wayne. Just a, just a snippet. There you go. And now please play the remix of Special Delivery by G Depp. Play the ghost face part. Same fucking beat. And now I don't think this is like stealing. I don't think this was some secret, but uh I didn't remember it. But that was a banger. By G. Depp, no wonder it's still a banger by Lil Wayne produced by Swiss Beats, okay? But that's hip-hop. That's the fucking beauty of hip-hop, and I have no problem with that. You know, jazz musicians, they used to do their own songs over and over and over, different variations. They used to do other people's songs. Thelonious Monk's great song, Straight No Chaser, was performed over and over and over by many different artists. Round Midnight... By Thelonious Monk, also performed over and over and over and over and over. Manteca by Dizzy Gillespie. I don't have a problem with it. So I wasn't shitting on it. I'm just saying. You know, I heard that fucking beat before. My guy Toby, uh, Toby Morris, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, pointed that out. Um, I don't even know how the fuck I got on. What? How, how the fuck did I even get on this track? Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Little Wayne with Odell Beckham. Okay, fine. You want your, your friend there? Maybe they were hanging out. Maybe he was in town. Cool. I have no problem with Little Wayne. Just thought it was fucking weird. You can't do your own interviews uh, yourself. No disrespect to Little Wayne. He loves sports. He knows his sports. Humongous, strangely enough, Green Bay Packer fan. I don't know how that happened. Guy loves the Green Bay Packers. Not the New Orleans Saints. He likes the New Orleans Saints, but I've seen him on the sports shows. He loves the Green Bay Packers for some reason. That's neither here nor there. What is here... And what is there is fucking Odell fucking Beckham. The 95 or 94 or whatever the fuck it is, million dollar man. Gets asked by Josina Anderson, think that's her name, a few questions and I don't like his fucking answers. Yes, we know Eli Manning isn't what he used to be. We know this is probably his last year. You knew that when you signed your fucking contract. So don't complain now, okay, about Eli Manning. Don't start throwing the motherfucker under the bus. He's been fine all season. You also have dropped passes. Yes, he can't throw the fucking ball down the field. We've discussed it a lot here on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. But don't talk shit about him like you didn't know he was the quarterback when you signed your fucking contract. And yes, he's got a right to express himself, so do I. So does the dingo. So does the gringo man dingo. 
You're the leader of the team. You're the highest paid player on the team. You're the star of the team. Don't throw your quarterback under the bus going into. Going into. This is before game five of week five. You guys still have a chance. Inevitably, the Giants wind up losing to the Carolina Panthers in a close game that they could have won. Eli threw an interception. The fucking field goal kicked kicked the 63 yard field goal for the Carolina Panthers. They lost. It was a tough game. It was a close game. But during the game, Odell Beckham dropped a pass. At one point, Sterling Shepard is on the bench breaking garbage cans, kicking the fucking bench, slamming his hands down onto the bench. Odell Beckham is like fake trying to calm him down. This is what happens when you start talking shit. This is what happens when the star starts complaining before game five is even being played. There's no I in team and it just so happens that there's no I in Odell Beckham. Huh? Huh? See, there's no I in team and there's no I in Odell Beckham. Now there is an I in Odell Beckham Jr., but if we just use the JR, there's no I in that. So I don't know what the fuck your problem is, Odell, but the thing that got me even more pissed off than him shitting on Eli Manning, play that little clip of him sort of throwing Eli under the bus. Miles? Do you have an issue at quarterback then? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like he, he's not going to get out the pocket. He's not. We, we know Eli's not running. But is it a matter of time issue? Can, can he still throw it? Yeah, it's been pretty safe. It's been, you know, cool catching a shallow and trying to take it to the house. But I'm, you know, I want to, I want to go over the top of somebody. What got me even more upset than that was Josina Anderson. I think that's her name. She asked him twice. She had to push him to get the answer. She asked him twice, are you happy to be here in New York? And here's what this fucking guy said. I want you to be honest. Are you truly happy in New York? (laughs) It's a tough question. Stop, Miles. Stop. It's a tough question. It's a tough fucking question. How is that a tough fucking question? Yo, listen. L.A. is fucking overrated, okay? Not everything is sweet that they make it seem in Los Angeles. The fucking beaches aren't even that dope. Yeah, the weather's great. There's cool places to shop, but there's cool places to shop in any fucking major city. You go to Chicago, there's great places to shop. I'll bet you if you go to fucking Oklahoma City, they got a great fucking mall out there. The weather's nice in Oklahoma City. Play the rest of the clip, Miles. Obviously, you know, I love I love seeing the sunshine all the time. I love being in L.A. I just like that atmosphere. But this is where I'm at. This is where I'll be at. You like the sunshine. What the fuck? Who doesn't like the... Did you not? It's New York, motherfucker. Buy yourself a fucking uh, heavy jacket. Matter of fact, why don't you have Supreme make you a heavy jacket? Or get yourself some thermals. Or have Supreme or Gucci make you some custom-made thermals. It's New York. This is a privilege to play in fucking New York City. Since when did being part of a New York City team not be cool enough? Not every single player in every single sport could play for a team in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles ain't all fucking that. New York City's the greatest city in the world. Get the fuck out of Soho, 
Odell, go up to Harlem. Go see Dapper Dan. Tell him I sent you. Get yourself some custom-made Dapper Dan Gucci thermals if it's too fucking cold. You like the sunshine. You got the whole fucking rest of the year to enjoy the fucking sunshine. It's not even winter yet and you're complaining about the cold weather. You don't like New York? You don't like playing for the New York Giants? You don't like being the face of New York sports? Then get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Aaron Judge loves it. The young New York Knicks love it. You don't like being a New York Giant? You don't like the greatest city in the world? You want to go and fucking pisshole, shithole, overrated, smoke and mirrors, Los Angeles? That's some bullshit. I fuck. That is some bullshit. When did New York City not become... And this is nothing to do... Listen, if he played for Cleveland, if he played for the Orlando Magic, if he played for the Seattle... Yo, I wouldn't want to hear from my star player five weeks into the season... That's a tough question. I don't care what team he played for this fucking... It doesn't matter. In any sport, that's a tough question. We just paid you $95 million. You're talking about that's a tough question? Was it a tough question when we gave you the $95 fucking million? You didn't know you were going to be playing for the New York Giants? Some bullshit. Disrespectful to your team. Disrespectful to the city. Disrespectful to the fans. Just disrespectful to the league. Would you be happy on a shitty team in Los Angeles? It's not like New York City, some fucking, it's not like it's Alaska, like it's tundra. The winter's the winter. If you don't make the playoffs, you'll be out of there in January anyway. Get the fuck out of here. Then you got February, March, April, May, June, five months out of the fucking year, part of July to hang out in bullshit, overrated Los Angeles, California. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Finally, I made a commitment with my wife to go to the movies, not to watch the screeners of all the upcoming films that are called the quote-unquote Academy Award films. It's uh, October, October, November, December, all the movies come out. Haven't been to the movies in a long time. Uh, The award season, as they call it. It's here. So one of the uh, biggest, most hyped up films of the award season. I've been hearing about this shit for two months. The trailers, watching them par- parading around the world. Lady fucking Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Both of who I like. I love Bradley Cooper as an actor. I don't have a problem with Lady Gaga as a musician. I like her story. I like that she's rags to riches. I like that she's a New York girl. and I like that she's not traditionally beautiful. Star is born. Been seeing all the press. All the Tonight Show, all the, uh, you know, Mario Lopez, extra and all this stuff. We went to the Venice Film Festival. It was a standing ovation. We were at Cannes. It was a standing ovation. Oh, we had such a spiritual connection. Me and Bradley, uh, you know, Gaga and I, we met. We, we did all these special things about the acting and we connected. And he knows everything about me. She knows everything about I, I me. Mean, all this bullshit between. I was like, this is going to be a great movie. Original Star is Born, Chris Christopherson, Bette Miller. This is going to be a great love story, a great big Hollywood movie. Well, lo and behold, it ain't. It's not a piece of shit. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay? But it's about 20-something minutes too long. Lady Gaga gives an okay performance. There's 
about three too many musical numbers. Bradley Cooper has potential as a director, but this is not an all that and a bag of chips film. This should not actually win any awards. The hype train has already started. It will be nominated for all kinds of shit. Listen, Lady Gaga could sing. Is she a better singer than actress? Absolutely. Is she as good of an actress as she is as a singer? Fuck no. Bradley Cooper did a fine job. I don't like to shit on actors who are directing. I know it's not easy, but the hype on this movie made it seem like it was going to be the greatest thing since sliced motherfucking bread, and it ain't. There's one scene where the two of them are at a bathtub and fake tears are flowing. I know bad acting when I, I could fucking listen to it and tell you it's bad. Okay? I went in there with high expectations and it was two hours and five minutes. It should have been about an hour, 40 minutes. It took itself too seriously. I didn't fucking buy the storyline of Lady Gaga going from this rags to riches out of nowhere until this fucking like pop singer. She all of a sudden becomes Ariana Grande. Listen, I'm not saying don't go see it, but uh, 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 tone down your expectations. Again, I'm not saying don't go to see it because it's not a piece of shit, but I was expecting, uh, uh, you know, like Chinese food on a Sunday evening. You know what I'm talking about? You know, Chinese food on a Sunday evening when there's nothing else to eat. You go get Chinese food, you get the shrimp, you get the spare ribs, you get the fried rice. You get the uh, vegetables and the, and, and the sauce. Everything tastes good. It's all sauced up. Doesn't matter what it is. The duck, the duck sauce, the hot sauce, everything. That's what I was expecting. I got a, uh, a bland, cold ham and cheese sandwich. That's all I'm saying. That's my opinion. Uh, I am going to see all the movies that come out. I am also officially announcing that today, today, today is the official start of the official I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast Vote or Shut the Fuck Up campaign. Vote or Shut the Fuck Up. November 6th, we can all vote. If you don't go out there and vote, shut the fuck up. If you don't go out there and vote, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat. I don't care who you're into, but if you don't vote, shut the fuck up. You should not be allowed to tweet, Facebook. You should not be able to speak to another person about anything that has to do with politics. If you don't go out there with your right as a fucking citizen and vote. The I Am Rappaport Vote or Shut the Fuck Up campaign is officially starting today. Okay? What else? I, I, what more can I say? I, 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 I did the damn thing. Okay? I did the highs, I did the lows. This is a a five-star hard-body karate I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. Yes, G. Moody will be back. Okay? Uh, Miles, Jordan, uh, please uh, uh, take me out of here with something nice, something uh, 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 real proper, something uh, with a little bit of a a bang-bang to it. My name is the Gringo Man Dingo. I'm done. 